Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites. Welcome to episode 162. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. So, our history episode for the month of uh, July is uh, the next one in our treaties that shape the world. Yeah. And this is the biggie. We're, we're, so, we're... treaties that shape the world, it sounds like fun with flags. It does a lot, doesn't it? It does. It, it, it does, does, isn't it? But come on. And I'm okay with that. that I'm okay <laughs> with We're that. okay with that. If you stuck with us this long, you know we always deliver. We always deliver. Yes. Sorry to interrupt your, your no, opening that, statement that's there. That's awesome, though. You did great. I like that. Uh, Treaty of Versailles. The right. end of, of World War that's I. Right. As treaties go, this is the big one. This that's is the right. big one. Right. 1919. Uh, and much to Robert's dismay, this then turns into a discussion of World War One again. It's not that I... I'm, I am less... I'm not against World War One discussions, but we just spent so much time at the beginning of the podcast. Well, it was kind of like, you know... It's been and, and two years, It's years like the ago. wedding night. When you first start, you've been waiting all this time, and boom, it all comes out, and boom, there it goes, you know? Now yes, but unlike the wedding night, we weren't over in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tip your waiters and waitresses. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We let we can, we let that one go a long, long time. Which should say unlike the wedding night, unlike the wedding night, we should say something about our validity and our fecundity, gentlemen. Because okay. mainly men do okay. mainly things. But yes, that's okay. Yes, no, I yeah, that was only and besides, you guys have are were are and still were and still are way ahead of me on the reading uh, for World War One. Uh, just because I have so much crap to read in so many different genres that yes. I'm always behind. Yes, yes. You shouldn't get behind in the assigned reading. There might be a test. Life is a test, so... <laughs> That's I, right. I've gotten this far and have all that I have based on my... Oh, crap. Maybe I should read ahead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> read the lessons. Read the lesson plans. Uh, right, anyway, we gave you a, a curriculum, uh, gave a you syllabus. Nice syllabus. We gave right. you a That's syllabus right. at the store. That's right. Yes, and, and I even provided the the, the, the tool that uh, to help organize it all. <laughs> yes. So, nineteen nineteen, World War One comes to the end, mm-hmm. and now it's up to the victors, the Allied powers, they call themselves, to figure this thing out. And in theory, for really kind of the first time ever, you have something to guide. A peace conference like this, yeah. something you w- supposedly want to live up to, and that's Wilson's fourteen points. Right. You know this this recognition of the humanity of all the people and self determination and all these great principles. But there comes in contact, or you come into conflict then with the reality of this peace conference. And the reality of this peace conference is France is broke. Britain's broke. They're in hot to the U.S. up to their eyeballs. And they got to make somebody pay. And that's Germany. Well, that's Clemenceau's famous quote, Germany must Must pay. pay. I mean, he was saying that during the Franco-Prussian War as... The Germans were marching down the Champs Elysees. I mean, that's where it's over and over. And I'm actually uh, channeling Maggie Mahoney when I say that because yes. I remember that from her class. Yes. She she spoke of that. Period. Well, you know, and for modern ears, this whole thing about reparations doesn't make sense because 
that's the last war where in a in the entire history of warfare where the losers had to pay reparations if they weren't truly just conquered and wiped out yeah uh, losers always had to cough up something whether it was the entire country through yeah. being conquered or they had to pay for for losing whether it be you know money land cattle whatever how yeah. far back you want to go and so we don't do that anymore and in this instance they're they're doing all of it right they're taking land uh, from Germany, they're they're they got to carve up right. not just Germany, but yeah. Our, yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah, and anything, the colonies, and the colonies, and, yeah, anything and they the could cash. Yeah. Well, it, it was almost it was it was ravenous in many ways because anything that wasn't nailed down, if it was just even tangentially available, Britain and France were basically stealing it. Yeah, well, well only, Palestine only because you know the Germans had stolen it first. Well, yes, of course, I, but because the Germans really did ravage occupied sections of France. I mean, that's right. kind of and, where Clemenceau yeah, comes from. Well, and, get that. and also because, as you just referenced, Francis, this is also payback for the Franco-Prussian War. Correct. Yeah, this is not right. just payback for World War One, right? Or well, the Great War. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you know, two wars in a row, Germany invades France. France is going to get theirs back. They have bled white, to use, yes. the, to use yeah. the word. And, you know, to be fair, a quarter of men 18 to 20 in France died in this war. Think about yeah. it. 25% of men 18 to 20. That's a massive number. Yeah. Right. Two, two million French casualties, a million and a half British casualties, uh, three million German casualties. I think it is something in those kind of numbers. Right. So, I, it, so... They call themselves the Allied Powers, and tons of people are showing up for this thing uh, because there were a ton of allies. Even Japan is an ally, uh, so it becomes too unwieldy to really right. negotiate and figure all this out um, for, for all these participants. So it comes down to what's called the Big Four. Lloyd George of Britain, Clemenceau of France, Wilson of the U.S., who's supposed to have all this moral high ground. He's the one who came in and rescued Europe and all of this. And Orlando of Italy. Yeah. Um, but really, it's the big three, because Orlando is, he's a, a fart in a whirlwind uh, for this. Well, very well praised, sir. <laughs> um, the other three really don't have much, uh, much to do with Orlando and Italy. You know, they... They had to come to Italy's rescue so much. Yeah. And then here's Italy showing up to the conference with their hands out. We want this. We want this because we signed on. And they're, they're just like, whatever. Whatever, and, and Italy. We don't care. Get in line. There's yeah. a racist element to all this, too, which I know we'll probably get into. Yeah. There is, because even among the, the things that the 14 points, which is really the basis for everything, yes, uh, tries to lay out, is very ethnic. Yeah, It's all about things like all right, we want to establish, reestablish Poland as a nation where the Poles are. Yeah. So it's all it's worded very flowery, but the same with safeguarding the Austro-Hungarian Empire and the peoples there. It's all basically boils down to let's bottle those ethnicities up in their own territory and keep them away from the white people, even though they're all basically white anyways. Yeah, that's right. But you know, the Slavs and you know those are all. They're, seen as different, different. They're yeah, from they're others, sure. yeah. subhuman at worst. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know the the proper good people, the civil. If you don't want to use white people, the civilized people. 
Meaning uh, Britain and France. Yeah. Well, ultimately that's correct. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's very much a a ethnic based in in a very hidden way yeah. in yeah. many ways. Because you yeah. would use you could use racial racial epithets to describe everyone else. Right. The Huns. But it's just very interesting though how the you know even Italy adjusting the borders there, the wording was basically where the there are ethnic Italians is yeah. where you know but which could mean that Italy could have lost proper lost territory you know mm-hmm. so because those borders are very fluid uh, in the, in that sense where people crossing them uh, mm-hmm. and living and working and what yeah. have you across the Adriatic it's all big conglomerated mess right um, so that's you know that's the collision that's the collision all this high-minded 14 points Wilsonian awesomeness. It's coming into collision with racial attitudes, and um, it's it's competing national interests. Yeah, you know the national interests of Britain and France, especially, are we must keep our colonies. Yeah. They were imper- they were imperial. Yeah, yeah. I, that was that was for Lloyd George. It's it's we must keep the British Empire together. So you can forget about all this self determination crap. And, and Wilson gave on all that stuff. Yeah. One, because he didn't care about people that were different colors either. And two, Britain and France are in hock to the U.S. up to their eyeballs. And that's the thing Wilson has to protect. He's got to get that money. Right. So he can't push Britain and France too hard. Well, so otherwise fun. they'll say, yeah. screw you, we're not paying you back. Yeah, and then what's his choice then? The only yeah. choice then is to go back to war with Britain and France, yeah, to get the money, get and the that's money. a non-starter. That's well, yeah, right. because he's, you know, the, everybody in the back, in, in back home, and you know, they're demanding this because they're the ones that lent the money. Yes, you know, it's our yes. money. Yeah, we, we've got to have the money back. Yeah, a, a default is not an option. So that's, you know, this disastrous situation, this collision of interests that happened under the guise of all of this generosity of the fourteen points and stuff. And, crucially, Germany is not invited at all. So they have no idea what's going on. Right. And they're undergoing, basically, turmoil and revolution and trying to reestablish a government without the Kaiser and all this other without knowing what the Allies are thinking and what's next for us. And we're not that beat, you know. That was always this myth in Germany of, well, you know, we're not really that defeated. We, it was an armistice. It wasn't a surrender. Yeah, right. That, well, that language came out quite a bit. No Allied powers set foot in Germany until so. after Germany ceded land. Yeah. Right. So it's the the people back home in Germany that hard under had time had a hard time understanding how they were the 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 ultimate losers and so badly when nobody set foot in German yeah. territory. Which is a valid point from one perspective, but they were defeated. They they were beaten. Yeah. You know, just without really understanding because Ludendorff and Hindenburg kept the severity of what was going on on the Western Front from the people. True. They had no real idea of just how badly beaten they were. True, but if probably if they had thought about it, if I mean I, I'm sure there there were many who did reason this out. But when you think about what was going yes. on, because you know there were uprisings in Germany, they're there starving. Was, they're starving. Yes. There's all these bad things. Going, there's civil unrest to the degree that makes anything that's been going on here look like nothing. Yes, uh, I mean, they're know. they're tilting on the edge of 
Okay. It's a total societal uh, collapse. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's they're almost in the same spot as one of the de- defeated, basically, uh, uh, allies in, in Russia. Right. So you know, in many ways, it's 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 amazing to think how blind can you be to think that you know, it's like, well, how 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 can we you know we're just as good as you you know we, we, let's negotiate as equals. You're not equals. When you lose, you are no longer equals. Yeah, yeah. you're you're dictated terms. Yeah, and, and that's, that's they what didn't happened. expect that. They yeah. didn't expect that. They did not expect it, but that's what they were handed when the Allies were done. They were handed a document dictating terms, saying the famous war guilt clause, as, yeah. as it becomes known. Uh-huh. Germany is responsible for all the losses incurred by the Allied powers, which is utter Barbara Streisand. Yes. 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 Bovine excrement, if you want yes. to go that way. Yes. This again, we've discussed this at length, but I don't know if we've ever we're, discussed we're, it on the show. But certainly, well, no, yeah, yeah. We, we did in those first episodes. You know, this is a giant shit sandwich, and everybody has to take a bite when you talk about war blame yes. for World War One. Yes, you know, they all had a hand in it. Russia had a hand, all of them. But in order to justify making Russia, or I'm sorry, making Germany pay, yeah, then they. The war yeah. guilt clause had to be there, right? Which is yeah, and that's that's what in many ways they, they, they bristled for that probably yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, well, they were going to refuse to sign. Right, there were those changes. there were three clauses that they refused to sign if they stayed in, but the Allies said uh, you no, will sign. you I will mean, sign. So himself. and the German Chancellor he resigned rather than sign. So the next guy's like, okay, we'll sign. Yeah, uh, because they threatened to, yeah. right. They, they threatened to invade. The Allies were going to invade because everybody was still there. Yeah, they were. You know, nobody had uh, nobody, started dearming, and, and yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of the U.S. forces were still there, but Britain and France were absolutely ready to, yeah, to invade. They, nobody had demobilized, so it, they were ready to roll. And 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 Wilson went along with that threat. He did because uh, again. All that mattered to him was the League of Nations, which, as I found this, this is such a great quote, Teddy Roosevelt in a January 1919 article uh, titled The League of Nations, it was published in the Metropolitan Magazine, warned, if the League of Nations is built on a document as high-sounding and as meaningless as the speech in which Mr. Wilson laid down his 14 points, it will simply add one more scrap to the diplomatic waste paper basket. Most of these 14 points would be interpreted to mean anything or nothing. Yes. Yes. And that's all Wilson cared about was this, which just shows you, it makes you wonder, was the man really competent at this point? Because, you know, he, he had his health issues. I don't know how much of them were mental, but my God, he was so fixated on this that mm-hmm. I think if anything, if you want to lay the blame for what follows in the 20s and 30s and even into World War II, it's his fault. Yeah. It is yeah. absolutely yeah. his absolutely. fault. Yeah. It's, yes. That's one of the things uh, for... All his high-sounding principles, and when you read the first fourteen points, they don't sound bad. You know, there's nothing. The majority of them, I think, when you start getting into how you're dividing up the territory, yeah, it's very questionable. But uh, there's a lot of good principles there. That's right. When you when you talk about that principle level, most of them are things that we would agree with today. However, they are practically speaking, they're just impossible at the time because you're you're adding asking people who do not believe in these things to abide by them. Right, yeah. you know, which is and, just not going to happen. Right, and I'm usually not the one that says law has to follow societal means. Usually law makes society. Well, it's means. a mix. It's a mix. But because you got to have at least a core group to say, all right, these things need to change. Because, I mean, right. look at look at the, the changes in the world in, in the U.S. 
in the last 10 to 15 years. They've all been initiated by s- small groups that have changed the the direction of public discussion. That's right, yes. And, and they're, they're committed because when they also have the force of virtue behind them. So uh, they think. Well, at least, yeah, yeah exactly. You have to, Some, yeah. not all. Well, uh, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, it's they presume it. Yeah, well, and then they have... Or they write it accordingly so it sounds as if it's virtuous. Well, yes. Well, and again, that's, well, that's presuming it. But they also often have uh, societal organs like the media pushing these things so that eventually it does become law. So it, it's kind of a mix. You, sometimes law comes first, but you still have to convince the people to write the laws. But, I mean, but it always yeah. starts with a small group. Yeah. The civil rights legislation in the 60s, it was the same thing. Yeah, and it's just he's introducing this stuff into a world that's not ready for it. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's and then exactly he's it. dealing with people again that one have no interest in it, two look down on him, and three hate each other. Besides, right? Yeah, I mean Clemens Owen and Lloyd George nearly come to blows several times, and Wilson has to stand between them. They're both sanctimonious. I'd have paid money pricks. to be in that room. Uh, yeah, you, you know, absolutely. You know. They're both sanctimonious pricks, and then he's the Wilson's the biggest sanctimonious prick of all of them. Well, so and the thing is, all of this is never going to work. It, his timing is what's wrong here. You know, if you take the core that is good out of those fourteen points, like you know, free navigation of the the the, the world's oceans and free trade, all these things that most people today would recognize, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. You know, we can all get along better that way. You do that after the peace has been established. You can't make that the foundation of peace because people are too pissed off at each other. Well, that's yeah. correct. Very well put. That's exactly and, and right. Again, it's, you know, Germany must pay. You're, you're washing all of this through the the realities of the real politic that's going on. Again, Britain's never going to let go of the colonies at this point. So right. just, and the navigation of the seas, is that's something they're not interested in either. Right, because they're still a naval power. They're, they're the ones who dominate the seas, and they want to keep that going. Um. And again, France needs the money back. And Wilson has to give because he's got to protect America's investment. And so, again, this thing's a disaster. And it's funny, though, you get on the one hand, you get famously John Maynard Keene saying, this is too harsh. Yeah. Especially the reparations component. You're wow, destroying... first time I've agreed with uh, John Maynard Keynes. Yeah. <laughs> much. Yeah, <laughs> much. But then on the other hand is Fosh, Ferdinand Fosh, saying it's too lenient. It's just an armistice for 20 years. We're going to do all this again. He's, of course, they're both right. Yeah, that's right. You right. Know. Because it's too harsh, you're going to come back in 20 years. Yeah. It not be, You're not coming back in 20 years because it's, it's too, too lenient. lenient. Yeah. You know, if anything, we one thing we have learned from, from this and its resulting uh, uh, mess, which is world, Nazi Germany in World War II, uh, is that you make friends and or at least lasting peace with people you have economic ties with. That's right. Uh, the outlier is Putin. You know, yeah. he's not the norm anymore. Right. You know, even though we have all... Because we've had a longer amount of peace in Europe than probably almost at any time. Because, yeah. I mean, we've gone 80 years, almost a full 80 years now. Yeah. Uh, without any wars directly in Europe. And that's almost unheard of in just, European history. I mean, the Yugoslavs falling apart in the 90s. 
Right. Well, is, that's a know, civil war kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. Um, and, th- and that is an outlier itself. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah, because nice. Yugoslavia was a, it's a made up nation. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can make, say all nations are made up, but I mean, it was literally, well, we don't know what to do with all these people because they're all fighting amongst each other and we'll just put them all together. Right. And let the communists have them, you know. Well, and, just, and if, and when you had leadership like Marshal Tito, of course, it's able to happen. Right. Um, but, so, you know, and after he leaves, Yugoslavia that, aside, boom. the major powers in Europe, they don't go to war anymore. Because yeah. they're too economically tied to one another. It's too disastrous for your own economy. Which and, is what Putin is finding out now. Yeah, and they all have real consensual governments now. Yes, and that's another thing. Yeah, unlike at this point where really... War for the glory of the leader is no longer a thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, which is, it's been repudiated, in fact, as, yes. as, the, as an ultimate form of tyranny. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because it kills your people. So... For the listeners, let's talk about some resources uh, on this topic. Um, we've got a stack of them here. Uh, among Francis's and my favorites, The World Remade, American World War One. G.J. Meyer. Yes, Meyer is the ultimate accessible uh, author. Is that Meyer boy bothering you? Sorry, that's okay. No. The boy, just segue here. The boy and Mrs. Robert and I, we watched Better Off Dead recently. He finally found the DVD and we watched it. So now he understands where like three quarters of all the things we quote around the house come from. <laughs> Is that my... You wash your hands on your own time! <laughs> That's my one of my wife's favorites. I want my two dollars. Yes. I want my two dollars. So Sorry. this this is a huge one again, more from the American point of view. Uh, but it's comprehensive too. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Wilson and his role in the conference. It's the sequel to the first book Meyer wrote, "The World Undone," which is the war itself. Yes, uh, and it, it is it is very organized much. so well. It allows yes. you to have a narrative, yet it has at the end of each chapter certain topics that allow you to go deeper on those things. Yes, that are, that are and, and uh, best organized book on this I've ever read. Yeah, it's a great one. A great one. Um, I really love the portrait of Edward House, the uh, the main advisor. Uh, to Wilson right. through much of this era, much of this period. Um, so we can blame him too? Oh, yes. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is is his pie in the sky. Um, he's going over to Europe and meeting with all these diplomats, and they're like, humor him because he's got Wilson's ear and we need Wilson, but we don't really give a hoot about any of this crap he's talking about. Yeah. So he really got suckered... Um, you know, bought a bill of goods from the Europeans. Uh, another excellent, excellent, a little bit older, um, but a very comprehensive uh, book on the subject, Paris, 1919, by Margaret Macmillan. Uh, it is m- more uh, more broadly based in its perspective, uh, more about the Europeans, but um, again, very, very comprehensive discussion. Uh, this book here we've mentioned once before um, on the podcast, and I've blogged about it on our blog, but 1917, Lenin, Wilson, and the Birth of the New World Disorder by Arthur Herman. Again, this is about America's entry into the war and focuses on Wilson. He's done other stuff, hasn't he? He's our guy that also did one of our other episodes, To Rule the Waves. That's it, yes. And he's the author of the one, um, 
How the Scots Made the Modern World. That's it, yes. Yes, that's yes. right. And which, I love that book. Yes, love that, love book. that yes. book. And I, and I love To Rule the Waves. And I because, love let's face it, if it's not Scottish, it's clap. It's, it's right. clap. That's why it's clap. So, Arthur Herman is awesome. Um, very knowledgeable and, and excellent writer. And that's a very good book. But again, it's it starts before the conference. But of course, it goes all details the into... The conference and and Wilson's participation. Well, and one of the things about that book in particular too is Lennon is part of that book, whereas a general, he's nowhere to be seen. He's he's too busy back in in Russia. Right. They, they, Russians, Russians do not participate. They do not participate the exactly. That's one thing I want to make sure. We Russia's not able to participate in Russia right. at this well, point. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing uh, again, it's a little bit they topical. Are, they've already made their piece. They, yeah, they've already made their piece. Uh, but the interesting thing, because again, as uh, Sam Clemens liked to say, history may not repeat, but it certainly does rhyme. Yeah. So after they've made their peace, Russia, the, as we think of Russia at the time, broke apart. So Ukraine sends representatives to Paris as part of all of this. Because again, they're thinking they're going to be independent again as they were hundreds of years before. You know, and, and Russia at the time, there were a lot of semi-autonomous, but not really, mm-hmm. uh, regions. Because again, a country that large, it's hard to... You can't govern that quite as directly as we like to think you can. Yeah, uh, back especially then. then. Especially then, yes. So, you know, and here we are, a hundred years later, mm-hmm. basically refighting that sa- those same things. Yeah. Uh, well, we aren't, but uh, you know, it's it's just I, I find that fascinating. That Ukraine was there hundred years ago, trying to secure their independence. Yeah. yeah. Right. Again, uh, dozens of nations show up. Yes. Uh, dozens of peoples representatives of these different areas show up. Japan is an allied power. They come. They want Wilson to push for racial equality. They don't get it. Wilson yeah. doesn't give a hoot. Um, so they go away from the conference very discouraged. But they do get the German territories in China, which pisses off China. Yes, yeah, so, so China is wanting protection from Japan. They don't get that. Again, um, leading to World War Two, right, and, and and leading to the things we have today, where they don't, they don't trust anybody in the West, right? They've been shit on by the West for all this time. Let's take advantage of the West for money, and otherwise, don't listen to them, right? Um, Japan again walks away from the conference. They were at this time strongly allied with us. Yeah, and Britain. they were basically shit on. Yeah, uh, and, and they didn't forget this, and they did not forget it, yeah, and, they, and switch sides eventually. That's exactly right. A uh, lot because, of a again, lot of those seeds were planted right, right there in Paris. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing when you think about the fact that that Japan was on our side, because so was Russia. Yeah, that's right. Ten years before the start of this war, they had their own war where Japan beat Russia. Uh, you know the the yeah. was it Sino Russo or Russo. Uh, well, Russo Japanese Wars, what we well, yeah. call it. But uh, yeah, and it's uh, Teddy Roosevelt's the one that broke the peace. Yeah. Of course, Russia got their ass kicked. That had a lot to do with it, too. Yes, but, uh, well, you know, at the time, fighting a war that far to the east in Russia, they were going to lose that. Yeah. <laughs> they did Because they didn't have the, the men and material. Yeah, yeah and, and, yeah. The, and the, the Tsar was sold a bill of goods that she yeah. should have never. And, Part of it is he brought himself with it. That's a probably we ought to do a thing on the Romanoffs. That would be kind of fun. Oh, oh we should. Yeah. You know, perhaps as a, a one-off as a hoopajou, we we should do a a a, a series or a, a an episode, maybe even a series of episodes of all the problem or as a history episode, all the times in history where the people got screwed because their leader brought themselves. That's that is that's really good. Well, we I mean, do. does that start with McClellan? 
Well, that's where we came up with the idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly one... But, I mean, we could even go farther back, I'm sure. George but, B. McClellan. But he yeah. certainly would star in that yeah. episode. That's yes. right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the, uh, the Czar. The Czar Nicholas would be a, a great one as well. Yes. There, are, yes. there are many others that we could talk he's, about. He's a bathtub toy in all of yeah. this. Which is a shame, because he was not a bad person uh, at times. Uh, Just very weak-willed. Uh, yes, that was a lot of that, and uh, the whole system was problematic too. It was. It had become so corrupt and so insular. Well, it the was, Russian system—it was basically slavery. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't like to talk about that. This is the, the whole surf. But it, but serfdom is slavery. Yeah, I mean, literally, at the worst of it, at the height of uh, of you know Peter the Great, sla- serfs were slaves. The, the non-serfs, the nobles, could do whatever they wanted to a serf. Right. And that was okay. And that is the epitome of slavery. That's right, yeah. And it, it, it eventually found its way... It was, it was on its way out, very much so. It had been abolished, but... There's the, there's the, abolished the in name. That's correct. Yeah, but that's not in fact. Exactly. There's, yes. there's so many... So much, uh, unfortunately, it took a revolution to yeah. change the attitudes. That's, uh, it, it had become so decrepit, it collapsed under its own weight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and absolutely. I don't think anything... We can look back and say, oh, well, what would have happened if this, that, you know, if the, only the Bolsheviks hadn't been sent back over there? Nah. Would it have been different? Yeah, but... Well... Would it have been any less repressive? Doubtful. Well, certainly the... The, 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 That's about it. the, the white revolution, the, the one before yeah. the Russian, before the communist revolution, Yeah, we had a much better shot at having a decent outcome. Yes. Correct, yeah. Uh, because, you know, they were at least attempting to be democratic. And, you know, granted, democratic for Russians is still, you know, probably not much better than today, but it beat the communists uh, that yeah. came after them. Yeah, but I, I think I think Francis is on to something. At some point, Lenin's going to get back. Yeah. Even if the Russians aren't facilitating him getting back in order to leverage his revolutionary ideas to get Russia out. Russia's going out of the war at some point. Well, yeah, it, they're, they're, if, only, they're, if only by defeat. If only, you know, Kerensky is not going to really be able to keep them in. Um, and, and the, the Tsar the is... The best he could have done, I mean, the absolute best they could have done was just hold a boundary somewhere. Yeah. And try to keep the Germans out. Um, and then, at some point, the Bolsheviks are coming. And, and I, I don't think the outcome's any different. Maybe it's... You know the Russian Revolution of 1921 rather than 1917, but I think it's coming. I think the Bolsheviks are are inevitable. I don't like to think of history as inevitable, but, but once I, I certain just don't things think they start in motion, it's it's yeah darn darn well, it, it requires a radical change in Russia because of how far they've dropped, yeah. how, how, how broken that system really was. Yeah. You can't patch it up, and you yeah. can't replace Nicholas with his brother. They tried that. You, know, you can't bring in Constantine and Constitution. They tried that. It, it just... They, yeah. it, it had to be... They, they required, just like Germany, they required a strong leader. They had... They, 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 but, but they didn't want it the way it was. So they sold it yeah, to Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting you put it that way, because they needed fundamental change... But only within the context of the framework they understood, which that's was a strong, strong leader. That, which is therein lies the awful irony of this whole yeah. paradox of, of Russia. Yeah, right. Which is how you ended up with seventy years of communist tyranny. That's correct, and and even in Putin, 
You know? Right. So, well, I mean, other than, a, you know, a, a 15, 20 year interlude beginning with, with Boris. Yeah. Who, who, went, mm-hmm. who, who went down in history reviled because of his, uh, the economic, when he yeah. left office, the economy was in the tank. Which, honestly, I, I think that's one of those things where, Martin, like you said, you hate to think of things as inevitable. But Not exactly when you're, you know, when you're throwing off the shackles of communism and trying to become a democratic market-based economy. That's right. George Washington himself couldn't have done that one. Right. To, right. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just it's too different. And you know, you still have the 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 Russian mafia before communists fell. So who's who's got the money to become the the new capitalists, the guys who are you know basically the mob? Yeah, the guys and, who were stealing everything that. To begin with, right. So mm-hmm. it's it, really all you did. I mean, you, you gotta let it churn and be patient enough, well, and a, put it put structures in place to eventually regulate it, and it would have come out all right. Right, but I, they had no experience with yeah. that. Well, though. and the advantage, no patience. Well, the actually the advantage is kind of the other way around. Is the general people on the street, they don't look. They do their own thing. Yeah. They they basically want to be left alone. They don't give a rat's ass as long as they're not being sent to the gulag. Who cares? That's up. That's the for those people. That's a know. very Russian, not fatalistic, but almost. That's, that's it's point very, of view. Yeah, because most of them are very self sufficient. Uh, well, they had to be it, because to when be. you think about the Russian system for centuries, the little guy is always being crapped on. That's right. He's yeah. got to make and, sure he's got enough food to eat. Something over his head. Uh, uh, it sure would be nice if we had a McDonald's, which <laughs> irony of ironies that they did, but they don't they, anymore. They did, but they don't anymore. In fact, uh, as we record this, they're supposed to announce next week what the new name of the those McDonald's in in Moscow and Saint Petersburg are going to be called. Interesting, because they've taken you know they've ta- they can't use the name anymore uh, because McDonald's has pulled all that, so they well, had to come up with some right. Sort so, of, but those were all franchises, they, of course. That's right. All right. Yeah, so. So, but any, I'm sure there were some corporate stores. That's right. So the corporate stores would shut down entirely. But you're right. The franchisees, yeah. they should. They'll probably band together and and come know. up with something there. Uh, if you remember Eddie Murphy's movie uh, Coming to America, there'll be McDowells with the gold yes. arcs instead of the golden arches. Yes, and, instead. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good spot before we we wrap up uh, and do our last bits. Let's do our bourbon break. Oh yes, because we got a good one today. Boy. Yes, so this is new for us. Yeah, listeners, uh, this is a Francis had already cracked this, but it's it's new to share it on the show. Old Forester, nineteen twenty Prohibition style, one fifteen proof. So does that mean this was made in a bathtub? Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, but one fifteen proof. I don't think we've ever tried a no, no, no. A high approved. Old Forester is, is a wonderful brand. I'm surprised it's taken us so long to get to them. They have, uh, if you check out their website, they've got a great lot, a lot of products. Yes, they've under that introduced brand. a lot. Isn't of this the same distillery that does Pappies? Might be. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Brown Foreman owns them. I can tell you that. No, well, it may not be. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's hard to say because you know Brown Foreman owns like half of them. Well, that's right. Well, they own Woodford, and uh, you know they yeah. own this. So these, this is one of their flagship brands, though, mm-hmm. along with the Woodford. I don't uh, know that a whole lot of people think of Old Forester normally as a high end brand, though. If they, it's become that. Uh, and one of the things that has a, it's it's got tradition. It's got it's been around for a long, long time, and they have an extremely diversified branding of this. Well, and I think that being around for a long time is what works against them in thinking it's not a high-end because the craft bourbons are the ones people think of as high-end. That's correct. But this, this 1920 
Prohibition style. This would be considered a craft bourbon. Correct. They have, even though it's a big name. They have it's a it's a side brand, so to speak. They've got four different of these. If I'm remembering right, it might be five, but there's four of them. I've got the uh, with different years associated with it. Uh, and we've got I've got another one in there that's 1897. Uh, there's a 1914. There's a 18. Oh, we should have done the 1914. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, and this is the 1920, because as it says, Prohibition style. This is how they would have been made at the time. So the proofs are all different. Right. Uh, whereas one of them is bottled in bond, uh, mm-hmm. which we will try that here eventually. Mm-hmm. I've got that one anyway. I'm going to have the whole line eventually. But I wanted this one first because this is supposed to be, you know, this is the heavy-duty, high-end proof. We've never we've never drank a high proof. Normally yeah. I'm not a, a mixing bourbon kind of guy, but you know you almost have to mix something mm-hmm. with this well, at 115 we're, proof. That's right. We're all we did, we did we're all drinking this nice. We're all doing ice on this yes. one. Nobody, yeah. uh, none of us had the courage <laughs> to go neat with this one here because you know if we've got any more episodes to record, we'll be sloshed. Uh, yeah, you know we, we probably should, should go with the lower uh, proof yeah, for some of these later it. ones, but but uh, it has got a potency to it. Generally. Potent is good. It's it's high flavor. I'm getting some chocolate. From I, I get some I sweetness. Like. Yeah, I don't necessarily sweet. get a whole lot of chocolate. To it. You're yeah. Absolutely so right. There's, there's sweet, and to me, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit chocolate. There's it's a, got a good rich color. Yeah, it does. It, there's, there's a, there's a depth to it. it there's yeah. a, it, it seems to be. To its have bite is riches. more distinct than some of the others. It's not as smooth as yeah. some of the ones we've we've talked about in the past, like a Basil Hayden. Right. It's Which, not nearly that smooth. That's down like eighty proof. It's way, it's way right. different. Yeah. Um, but. It's got a, a good impact on me. I get a whole lot in the mouth and a little bit in the nose, depending on how much you let it sit on the tongue. Yeah. It'll mm-hmm. shoot up your, your sinuses really quick. Yeah. Um, but letting it sit on your tongue is really good. You get a really good amount. Exactly. I'm not getting a whole lot down the throat. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's warm, but it's very subtle there. You're it's getting all this in the, the mouth. mouth. It's yeah. mostly the mouth. You're exactly yeah. right. It's a good complex uh, flavor. It's, yes, it's not, that's a good way to put it. It's yeah. not like one note real heavy. Uh, it's it's complex. It sticks again, around a while. Yeah. Sweet, uh, chocolate. Maybe just a touch of some fruit to it. Yeah, yeah. Not not really citrusy, but just kind of that. Yeah, because it's not a the sweetness fruit. I'm getting is not a chocolate sweetness, but it, it maybe fruity is is a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet it's not like wild turkey, which we all we all love that one. Yeah. Wild turkey was pretty smooth. It was it very much so. Yeah. This is, but this is still smooth. It's just. It's got a more of a burn to it, but not a burn as in bad. A burn is in it's higher proof. It's just there's right. more. It's yeah, more, you know this is higher proof. Yeah, this yeah. is this will definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, transform. Yeah. Martin, you've already it. finished yours. He's gonna we're gonna have to captain all the rest of the episodes because he's he's gonna be yeah, incoherent. He's he, he sitting in the corner and saying, "Don't change the channel. Come on, let's go." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> very, I, I do think you're right. A, a similar flavor profile to Wild Turkey. Yeah, it, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. With no, that, with it, that sweetness and that little bit of fruit, right, and I think those are kind of that. Those we, we're kind of measuring against wild turkey because that's kind of been one of our favorites. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's a new favorite. Yeah, it's a new favorite. Yeah, and this is this is definitely one too because when you need a high end, you know, they didn't mess around with this. That whole prohibition style is what got me to. Well, yeah, I, one of the things I like about this is the bottle as well. Yeah, because it's, it's very much. Harkens back to prohibition, the right. style of the bottle. It's, yeah, uh, it looks like it looks old fashioned, uh, uh, which and is that's good. kind of you know 
that's marketing for it, folks. I mean, that's, it is. It, it gives I don't know how people. many people outside of those who really pay attention. You know, it, the normal guy getting it off the shelf is not going to notice that probably. Well, I mean, if you've but, been to some of the larger, and I bought this one here at the at one of the large local uh, retailers that we have here, uh, Party Mart, uh, and it was uh, no Liquor Barn, excuse me. Huge. They have a wall of bourbon. So if you go in wanting bourbon, oh. if you don't know anything at all, what in the world are you going to do? Right. Are you, are you going to go to the bottom shelf and buy some ancient age? But you know what? I've noticed I hope not. that you can't use the shelving anymore. Not entirely. That's correct. You can't. Because I have seen like Woodford put like on the next to bottom shelf. And I'm like, either somebody doesn't know what they're doing or they just have an open spot or whatever. Yeah. Um, now, to some degree, the very lowest end are all, you know, the VOB is always on the bottom. Right, yeah. Uh, and, you know, the very expensive stuff is always on the top. But, you know, even then, you know, that, that it just is not a... a it's not completely that. You have to look yeah. at price. And it's just, but when you have so many, uh, so many things like this, I mean, this is one of four of these specialty Old Foresters amongst like five other Old Forester brands. Yeah. Well, what in the world are you going to do? Well, you're you're going to be drawn in by the marketing on the package, oh, yeah. and that's to me when I see 1920 Prohibition style, boom, I went for it. Yep, that yep. that was that was a no brainer for me. So, so what is what does this one run roughly? Oh, uh, this one here is about thirty bucks. It's not, okay. it's not bad. It's, no, it's, it's, I so think it's, I think I there's a couple of these specialty ones that run a little bit higher price point. Um, in like the eighteen eighteen eighty three style or something a little bit higher. Uh, they're very the ones the uh, this one may be a little bit more than that because it depends on proof. The the yes. higher proof is is a higher dollar. It's not okay. much. It's just a yeah. few more dollars. Yeah. But if uh, whereas uh, I, the this one here, you know, that's the hundred and hundred fifteen proof. That one was probably I want to say thirty three, thirty four. Whereas it's still pretty good for a yeah four dollars cheaper. I got the uh, whichever the one which we'll probably try next episode. Uh, it's it's the it's eighteen ninety seven. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah. it's like eighty proof, eighty five proof, something like yeah. that. Well, of course, there's going to be a price difference for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, price probably is where they're because again, you get a large retail operation like that. That it's not they're not going to know everything, but yeah. uh, they're probably delineating more on price rather than quality of bourbon because right. as we as we've come to find out, price is not the determinant of quality no. anymore. Now, if you, you know, want to spend twenty five bucks. There are a, a huge number of awesome quality choices. bourbons awesome quality. Yes. to that's get right. at that price point. Yeah. From, uh, Starting from, with Wild Turkey. That's right. From 25 to, to, about, to, about, yeah. to about 40 bucks, there's plenty. Uh, if you get about 50, there, there's there's fewer yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to do that, you want to spend 55 bucks, go for it. But if you don't want to, you're still going to find quality stuff that's, that's very right. enjoyable. Again, with really nice complexity of flavor like yeah. this or like the wild turkey or the basil hayden that's yeah. it's still a 35 dollar bottle which is what it was 30 years ago yeah and it's it's much much lower in proof you know it's like it's, it's like an 80, 80 proof 80 yeah. proof exactly which is you know light years from from this yeah. Yeah. with regards and yet they're both excellent yes but yes. You, you can you can drink basil all night long without you know barely a ripple this bad well, boy here. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah. This bad boy here. You spend much time drinking this one here. Yeah. Yeah. You'll stop feeling your feet. Um, awesome bourbon break, guys. Very, very nice. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, so, again, we're at this conference. 
the Germans, the losers, aren't even invited. They don't know what's in it until it's put in front of them with the ultimatum of, you're going to sign it or else. We're not amending it. We're not changing it. You can object all you want. We don't care. We're going to wipe our asses with your objections. It's very well put. Yes. So sign. Yeah. And again, all that high-minded 14 points crap went right out the window because Wilson had to protect the money. Yeah. Uh, he had to get where Britain and France could get money out of Germany to pay back the loans. Well, one of the ironies, too, is one of the 14 points was there would be no more secret agreements, no side deals and things like that. Yeah. And this whole process was nothing but side deals. In fact, that's why they all showed up is, I want my side deal. Yeah. 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 And uh, Palestine was probably the the biggest victim, uh, one of the biggest victims of this whole thing. The whole Ottoman Empire being dismembered. Yeah, it was... And no self-determination, no nothing there. Yeah, they totally... Well, again, not only are they not white Europeans, they're not even Christians. Yeah, exactly. So of course they're not going to get and, any and consideration. France and and Britain on the on the side, you know, spheres of influence. They come up with that idea. Yes, and basically they they carve it up between the two of them. Yes, the whole, the, basically they set the stage for modern terrorism. That's exactly right. That's that's exactly yes. where I wanted to go with this whole treaty. And we've said it in the past, but this whole treaty, this whole process, is what screwed over a hundred years of. History. Yeah. Now, granted, I said you know we ha- we've had eighty years of peace in Europe. Yeah. Since nineteen forty five, but that's about the only place we've had peace. And look at what we did. What happened in in Europe to get that peace? Yeah. And it's all because of this. And then everything else that's gone on in the world since nineteen forty five, you still trace back to this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, they so, were they were screwed yeah. over badly. And uh, I mean, just watch the movie Lawrence of Arabia for goodness sakes. You see that. Lawrence, for all his high-minded ideals of self-determination for, for the people of Palestine and the Arabian Peninsula, it's gone. It's, it's, it's gone immediately. They're just they're sucked up. You know, they're, they're consumed. Uh, and you've set the stage for when things do eventually break apart. The hatreds of that area, never, there is no, you know, there's still no peace there. Yeah. Uh, so, the, yeah, it's a huge failure. But... Wilson does get his League of Nations. Yeah, and and that's all he wants. And then everybody goes, okay, and he so what? Promptly <laughs> goes home, and Henry Cabot Lodge tells him that's never going to pass. Yes, the U.S. does not ratify this treaty, do yes. they? That's correct. Yeah. So this... The U.S. has to sign separate treaties with Germany and what's left of Austria. Right, because this, if we, because the Senate doesn't do its two-thirds majority, this treaty is a non-starter. Because remember... In the U.S., under the Constitution, treaties take the force of the law of the land. And under some interpretations of the Constitution, they override everything in federal law. And so if if the Senate ratifies this treaty, that's the fear is Congress loses its ability to declare war. Right. That the League of Nations gets to declare war. And oh, and by the way, America, you're going with us. And that's the reservation. Yeah, that's what they believe. The Senate, yeah. yeah. So the well, Senate that... breaks into several factions over the treaty. Yeah. Uh, there's a faction that'll do whatever Wilson wants. Yeah. There's a faction that, uh, primarily of Republicans, but they're called the Reservationists. They, they're willing to pass the treaty, but with reservations. And then there's a smaller set of irreconcilables. They're never going to vote for it. Yeah. 
Those are probably all the Roosevelt supporters. Probably so. Um, it came close. It came close. And Wilson really is the one who torpedoed it. If he hadn't moved just a little, the reservationists and uh, the Wilsonians could have had enough to have the majority and gotten it passed. But he told his people, don't move. Yeah. Don't give in. It's up or down as is because my shit don't stink. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes down to defeat. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was it was close. And, and if he had just moved a little, yeah. if he had just understood that there's a give and take to consensual government, that it can't be all his way or the highway, it could have passed. America could have participated in the League of Nations. And the League of Nations may have th- may have considered to con- continue to thrive instead of. Didn't we have somebody? Them. Didn't we have representation in the league? We never formally joined the league. Huh. I was thinking we had representation there. I'm a um, little I'm a little murky on that that period of. Uh, and, and the league was with without. <clears throat> where was the league based? Uh, in Geneva, I Geneva, believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was toothless. It, it failed. Yes, that was one of the problems um, with it. it was again, toothless. they, when which is was, ironic. When there was aggression, there was nothing they could do about it. Right. It, it being toothless is ironic because that's part of the problem that in America as well. Or they go to war and they take us along with. But it's toothless. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not just something that you know. Uh, there's the opposite of what we would. Well, everyone thought it was something totally yeah. different. There's yeah. a couple of things really interesting that that about the whole treaty thing on the U.S. side. One is that, you know, it's Wilson's thing, but the U.S. doesn't sign on to it. But the other is, there's two other things. One is this whole idea that uh, the treaty, that treaties are the override the law of the land, uh, uh, that interpretation. Uh, I think that's a fascinating point of American government that needs to be covered more. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Because because we've been at peace, we haven't signed very many. Well, there's been a lot of treaties we have signed, though. But not That's all right. of them get ratified. So, like, look at the Paris Climate Accords. You know, one of the reasons why people in the U.S. were so against that was because that would become, again, under certain interpretations, it's never been tested right. at yeah. the Supreme Court. That that does override anything that is and, previously and, the law and of the land. that could be the law of the land. Exactly. Right. So, depending, and I don't know if the, the founders realized what they were writing, or if it was intentional, because again, without it having come, we've never had to test this. That's right. Because you're basically making law through an external process that right. bypasses Congress, and, and you don't even get full congressional approval, because yeah. only the Senate votes on it. The House has absolutely nothing to do with treaty approvals. Yeah, their their role would be legislation to carry out provisions yes. or funding of the treaties. Exactly. But that's it. You're right. That's their limited role, and right. they've used that role. In the past, yes, they've withheld funding to implement treaties. Yeah, so I, you know, I think that's a fascinating thing. It's not necessarily something for the blog or the 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 show. It might be something for the blog because I'm not really sure how we turn that into a history. But I just want to point out, I think that's a fascinating it is, thing. It is. You're absolutely. It sounds like you should you should do a Wobble Wednesday on that. Yeah, one. Y- yes, sounds like I should. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, listeners, we we missed a couple of uh, Martin Mondays. I've been several up, Wobble Wednesdays. And while, but uh, Francis is back. Yeah, so please, please hit snakesandotters.com 
and check out what Francis has to say. Martin Mondays were usually the ones that we could always count on. That's true. Yeah, uh, a couple of rough I'm more intermittent. Yeah. Warmer is too, but uh, between the three of us, we've always got something interesting going on. On that, yeah. we try to. Yeah, yeah we right. certainly try to. So. Um, so the other thing that I think is interesting about this is that uh, you know you got all these people sign on to it, but it, it immediately is. It's strangled in the cradle, even though yeah. they meet. Yeah, uh, it, it's. I find it fascinating that they kept it going for some fifteen to twenty years. But, you know, obviously it dies at the time World War Two starts. Yeah, uh, it dies officially, but it was still an ongoing concern in 1939. Yeah, and yet, what did it do? Uh, it. I think this is one of the most the the one of the largest uh, uh, diplomatic. Uh, oh, what's the word uh, for uh, pointless expenditures? And uh, no, it never was. You know, it never. No, that's not the. No, that's not I the know word. You, you, There's a uh, cleverness there you're reaching for. Yeah, and, and I've had too much 115 that. proof here to, to, right. to come up yeah. with a word. It's, but it's. Uh, I thought that I thought that would make you smarter and quicker. Uh, Sorry. Apparently not. <laughs> well, apparently you can only go so far with one's brilliance, and then you know that's, that's true. We all have our upper limits. Gentlemen. Yes, uh, but it's, it's just like uh, a boondoggle. That's the word I'm looking for. see, that's the you, word. You did not reach such thing. You just took a moment. Uh, it's one of the the biggest diplomatic boondoggles in history. Oh, that, okay, yeah. that was worth the wait because that's yeah. a very good phrase. Because it, it is just it. it, it it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. Other than it gives cover for all the side deals that can go on. Because once you get a bunch of uh, diplomats together in the same room, of course they're going to try and screw over everybody else. That's right. So, yeah, the whole thing, to me, if you if you want to say anything... I mean, you can say a lot of bad things about Wilson. But to me... And we've said most of them. And, Oh, oh no, we, we have not even exhausted. We have not come no, close no. to exhausting that. Trust no. me, we got. But we have said a great number of, of things about Wilson, pointing out how bad he is. Yes, he, but this is, I think, the worst thing yeah. that he did by far. He's probably our biggest pinata, with the possible exception of John Stuart Mill. But he's coming. So. He's coming. And well, George McClellan. George McClellan is true. That's right. Yes. Those the are McClellan. We we love to hit the McClellan pinata and the Woodrow Wilson pinata. But with McClellan, it's far less vitriol. Yes, it, it's that's more of a fun. well. Yeah. I mean, he did less damage. He did, that's true. He did. Well, so. yeah. uh, well, or you could say he allowed more damage to continue because he did less damage. But <laughs> yeah, that's very well put. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the irony of McClellan. That's right. Yeah. He's full of ironies. But yeah, it's just if if you want to hate on Wilson for anything, this is this is as good or better than yeah. anything else. I mean, this is yeah, kind of the 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 top count of the indictment. Yeah, I um, mean, if you want, I mean, this is the. If you want to talk about the epitome of a man's great work, this is it for Wilson. And look at what it is. Yeah. I mean, wow. it is pure yeah. evil. A, a huge failure. Huge yeah. failure. Huge failure. Huge. And you just can't... I just don't think you can underestimate the, the yeah. horribleness of it, yeah. given what follows. Yeah. And again, this a very, very unique thing in that you're going into this with this idea of we've got principled guidance that we want to work from. Right. Which is so yeah. unlike any other That's right. and treaty in history. It, it, some of it's really good. Yeah. It is. And it, and to fail so miserably spectacularly. spectacularly against the very high ideals that you promote is in, almost unconscionable. It's just it, it's, well, it's, it's, it's beyond in classes where we've talked about this back with Maggie and, and just anything else where, where it's come up it's always been presented as, you know, everybody else thought it was a joke. 
They only signed on to appease him because he wouldn't let it go. Yeah. And he wouldn't let it go because... Well, he's arrogant he, ass. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean he thought thing. he was the savior of the world. Right. He, he was the, the, the second Jesus. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the progressive's common trait. Yeah. Is this Messiah complex. And I yes, know better and I will save all of you. Exactly. And, exactly. And Wilson was, was the epitome. And again, this, this failure is the top count of the historical indictment of, of Woodrow Wilson. Absolutely. I mean, you could, you could start there and end there. And it's enough to, to, to indict him for all eternity. Yeah. That is a very, very good wrap-up synopsis of uh, the Treaty of Versailles That's and right. the Paris Peace Conference of 1919. You guys did an awesome job. Thank you very much. One thing I want to say real quick, I forgot to say this earlier. Of all the treaties we've talked about so far, and this is the final one, isn't it? No, we have one more. We have oh, that's right, uh, Kellogg Brian, Kellogg Brian, yeah, tilting yeah. at windmills. Yes, yes that we so to... the first two we talked about were relative successes. This, I think, has got to be categorized as the worst failure of the four. I mean, it yes, is, it and is. it was probably the, the highest stakes of all. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So there's there's an irony for you on that. I think yes. that's I, I love how you tie that back together because this, yes. well, this is our four part miniseries. Yes, yes. on on famous treaties. So, Francis, buddy, what is next time? We are going to do Code of Honor next time, but we're going to do it a little differently this time. We in are, ways we've done before. In ways, yes, exactly. <laughs> we're still each picking our own quotation, but we're going to do a theme one. I think one of them we do this, we do this occasionally. But we're starting this month our long reach on different philosophers, famous philosophers, and our intention is when don't we, zone out, listeners. It'll be good. It'll be good. I see. We're going. We could convert everybody to realize this is some great stuff. And to do that, we're going to make the code of honors. This uh, whatever philosopher we're talking about that month, we're going to do famous quotations from them. That so we introduce before. you with the quote. We introduce, introduce you with the quotes, go and then we the go into week. the guy. Because yeah. it just so happens they're all guys. Yes. It's Excellent. going to. Women be, got better things to do than sit around and talk about this kind of stuff. That's exactly right. They're they're bus- too busy running the world. We're that's just, right. And saying. making sandwiches. Oh, 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 oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Well, there you go. You lost your female. Listen, damn it, Martin. Yeah, all three of them. All three. Of them. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, there goes that demographic. Okay, but seriously, you'll love it. Be here. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms, and leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.